everyone. My name is Dr. Zach Robbins, and I am here with the Learning and Justice for All podcast, episode two, with the amazing, fantastic guest, Ramona Esparza. She is fantastic. I've worked with Ramona, and she's done amazing things for children. Ramona, how are you doing tonight? Well, Dr. Robbins, first let me say, how are you doing? Because I know how challenging this year is. It's unsurmountable for our leaders. So thank you for having me and kudos to all of our leaders that are real boots on the ground, doing the work and being there for kids and showing up every day. So just if I could open up with that, thank you for having me. You see how great Ramona is, y'all. See, see, I'm up here interviewing her, you know, so she can bless us, you know, with, with her knowledge and experiences. And she's making sure I'm good. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So, Ramona, so what are you doing these days professionally? Because I know you're out here, you know, teaching the people, helping the people, because you never stop teaching with her. That's who you are. So what are you doing these days? So, so Dr. Robbins, um, I really recently retired from serving in public education for almost three decades in the Clark County School District. And it was really a work of love, of labor, of passion to really um, open up equity and access for all students. But what I have transitioned to is really what I feel is not, I would say, all work is equal. But this work is really what is most impactful, and it's about leaders. And I am now the vice president of the Leadership Institute of Nevada, which is a nonprofit here with a legacy under the founder, uh, Judy Still, amongst other individuals in our community that saw a need to provide a really innovative and really access for leaders to thought partners across the nation to be able to come up with some really cage busting innovative uh, ways to to it I would say overcome the problems at the school level so mm -hmm. right now we are developing the next uh, leaders and we're talking leaders are everywhere not just thinking about administrators we have a teacher leadership academy we have an executive leadership academy we provide digital institute um, leadership training in, in a remote fashion we also have an alumni network that we engage and provide some services for our alumni and we also have summits both in the north and the south of the state of Nevada that provide some, some real educational, real-time uh, professional learning. Ramona Sparza, everyone, doing fantastic things. You know, I'm, I'm an alumni of that Executive Leadership Academy, and yes. uh, I know I thoroughly enjoy my time with the Executive Leadership Academy, and under your leadership, I'm sure that it's going to continue to do amazing things. Ramona, fantastic job you're doing over there. The coalition building, the coalition building in order to make um, things like the Leadership Academy successful. So how important are coalitions and critical friends to getting resources to students and their families? 
So uh, that is very, um, I'm going to unpack that question. Mm-hmm. When you talk about, when you talk about coalitions, um, I think you can never underestimate the power of one. And when I say that, meaning that it can be one individual within um, an organization or a, a group that can really move a lever. And having said that, you know, look at look at history and over time that we just need one individual that has a really, really thought provoking idea or maybe a person that's working in the social justice work. It's one individual that has the courage to make that change happen. And so having said that, it's really important that you develop alliances inside and outside of any organization, whether you're in a school system, whether you're in a district, whether you're looking at nonprofit status, you have to be able to have different perspectives and thinking in order to create the change that's necessary. And sometimes it may not be you creating that and change individually, but you collectively utilizing some of these alliances in ways um, from individuals that you may be surprised. I know I'm talking in kind of general broad strokes, but I Mm -hmm. think that's where leaders really fall short, where you may think that you have to find within the system um, those individuals, but maybe sometimes you need to go outside of a system in order to create and push change in and outside. Ramona Spaza, everyone, um, just going outside of your bubble to find folks and to meet folks and figure out who's going to be that person, who's going to be that catalyst to 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 ignite the idea that's going to that's going to create something that's good for children and families. You know, it's so so important because sometimes you just don't know. Mm-hmm. You just don't know where that idea is going to come from. You know, how how do we get yeah. how do we get people to understand that you know, you have to lean into the uncertainty. Because uncertainty is scary. You know, Dr. Robbins, I think in these times where everything's uncertain mm-hmm. and nothing's predictable, maybe like it, like we would expect or used to be. And so this is when you need to lean in the most and you really need to listen a lot more mm-hmm. than you talk. Um, and I think that going back to my conversation of saying you need diverse perspectives, we cannot make assumptions about, you know, what our families need or what leaders need or what educators need or what communities need or what the workforce needs. Why are we not leaning in more to listening mm-hmm. to really the realities of the work, the challenges that are presented and working together, like you talked about alliances and coalitions um, to get to some of those same outcomes. And I think as leaders, you know, let's be, let's have some humility here. We, we yep. need to really have some humility and know that we need to lean on each other a lot more and listen more. You know what? And, and just caring enough to, to listen, caring enough to be attentive, you know, given the challenges that schools face now, how would you advise leaders to show care to their faculties and staff in addition to being humble, in addition to asking questions, in addition to leaning in and listening. How would you advise these leaders to show care to folks? 
So, you know, I really, really love this question. And, and I'm going to kind of talk in, in, a, in a way of how things used to be mm-hmm. in order to respond to this question. Because this question is like, to me, really important. Um, not because of what I'm saying is so profound, but I think leaders of the past, we are always expected to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes the fixers, right? We, we take care of people. We take care of business. I think through this situation of us having to adapt during such uncertain times and having to become so agile, I think of three things to be able to take care of our staff. First, self-awareness, taking care of ourselves. Leaders, we often sacrifice ourselves to take care of others. And it's kind of like that whole, uh, you know, idea of flying an airplane. You're you're a passenger. You got to put that oxygen mass on you first before you can take care of anybody else. Mm -hmm. And I think having self-awareness of knowing how do you balance the work? How do you know when to exercise and or meditate or have time where you need to unplug and uncharge yourself from the work? It's self-preservation. I think, secondly, pedagogy. Mm. You know, right now we have not prepared our staff with what is what is what is historical trauma? What is situational trauma? Like, where's that content? We need to educate and Mm -hmm. give our staff that context and content in order for us to create trauma-informed schools and staff members because they don't know how to how to cope sometimes with their own trauma that they're bringing to school. And then in addition to that, how are they addressing the trauma that the students are bringing? Mm. So I think that's powerful. The pedagogy needs to happen for content and skills to have and build trauma-informed schools. And then I think last, the thing that is really, really important um, is how do we how do we take things off of people's plates? How do we take things off of people's plates? And I mean, everybody, top, bottom, middle, that agency and advocacy, it's okay that maybe we're, we're just have a staff meeting today. Cause guess what? You guys need this time and time, time is valuable and time is sometimes self-care. So I, as leaders, you know, those are the three things, self-awareness, pedagogy, and really um, what can you take off the plate? It makes so much sense. You know, time and energy are finite. You know, it's not endless. There's only but so much to go around. You know, and that time and energy is what you invest in order to become masters or of, of pedagogy, to become to develop your pedagogy. And if you've exhausted all the time and energy, what, what are you going to have left? And Dr. Robbins, you know, you're so right because, you know, it's, is everything equally as important? I think right now I'm going to be so bold and courageous to say, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. cannot be, you know, we're only human. 
So I think you are so right is how are you using that time to take care of yourself, your staff and your students and your families, your greater community. And you have to prioritize and you can't do it all. So I think that's that's our challenge moving forward. How do we prioritize that time? Thank you for bringing some light to that, too. So true. Ramona Spaza, everyone. Ramona Spaza blessing us today um, in the Learning and Justice for All podcast. Uh, Sister Ramona, as you do the social justice work, uh, you know, what's bringing you joy? What's keeping you encouraged these days? You know, so let me, you know me, Dr. Robbins. I'm going to give you the answer, but after. Sister Ramona yeah. and I, we go back. We go yeah. way Way back, way back in and in, in, in all for good things. Right. We were we were we're courageous leaders. Uh, so so to answer your question, before I talk about giving me bring what brings me joy, what keeps me encouraged, I think I want to kind of spend a little bit of time as leaders, because a lot of times leaders like us that do this social justice work are often leaders that are isolated. Mm -hmm. uh, leaders that are often maybe not always now don't, don't get me wrong. Not always, but oftentimes people of color. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Latina, uh, and you know, kind of in the secondary world where I was my previous life as a high school principal, you know, kind of in a, in a room surrounded by, you know, a majority, uh, Caucasians oftentimes, mm -hmm. and that was just the demographic. And, and then we go to gender was often male. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. So that's what it that's what it was. And that's sometimes what it is. So to say that I say to leaders that you really do have to hold true to the joy that you need to bring to the work because you can be sometimes um, struggling with imposter syndrome, right? I'm going to, I want to bring that up. I want to bring it up for leaders. It's very difficult for us because of the historic isms that we have to encounter and the gates we have to open to do this work. I just bring it up because if we don't have the joy that we seek to balance all of that, then we become a leader that, you know, is just another marginalized voice. So to say to you what brings me joy is when I can be in a space where I am either inviting people to the table, right? Mm -hmm. Because I created that table, right? Not because I'm a token, not because I've been asked because I'm filling up a certain gap. And so I'm going to say what brings me joy is when I can be in a space where the work is getting done and things are moving forward for for all students, but specifically those that are most marginalized. And I know that's a roundabout way, but I, I do really say to you, that's what brings me joy, is that when you feel affirmed and empowered, when you can be in a space of change. It's, it's so powerful because I'm going to tell you every now and then, you know, forget about bringing a seat to the table. I'm bringing a whole table. Don't make, <laughs> yeah. me, go to my car. Don't make me go to my car and break out the trunk. I'm going to bring the folding table. I'm going to bring the folding table on top of your table. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Try to keep me out if you want. Yep. 
and and I think that's that's what people really need to know and understand because you can't we cannot wait for people to invite us. No, it'll never happen, no. and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And folks try to get brand new and act like they're going to keep you isolated and work hard at keeping you isolated because they don't think that you won't make their trifling this public. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. But you know what? You know, but so, Sister Ramona, when you yeah. were principal, so you talked about your principal life. Yeah. You were like yeah. remarkably successful. You were doing so super, super cool things in your <laughs> school. Talk about bringing the community in, making mm-hmm. sure that community engagement was high. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you were putting in that work. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so what do you miss about that principal life? Sister Ramona, what do you miss? Ooh. So I never, <clears throat> I never realized, I never realized the impact of my presence until I left that space. How do I know that, Dr. Robbins? I have people reaching to me in this short time that I've left. Um, really seeking mentorship, seeking advice. Um, it's those little moments that you, I would have with the student in the hallway because I knew their names and I served almost 3000 kids mm-hmm. to know their name. And, and, you know, I'm going to share this personal story that it resonates with me. So I have a student that I'm mentoring. She's going to be a future teacher. She's a, a person of color. And we went and, you know, had a little brunch because I'm mentoring her. She's in college, uh, the College of Education. Nice. And she said, you know, Mrs. Sparza, the thing that I need you to know was the fact that you looked like me and you were my principal and that you would stop and talk to me and you knew my name and you knew the sports I was into, the classes that I was taking. You would ask about what's the plan for college. You knew things about my family because my sister came after me. She said the fact it was just a minute or two in a week. He said, but I felt so special. She said that my principal knew me, knew my story. And, and really she says, and even now that you make time for me. So I miss those moments that I was able to kind of connect with kids and, and also connecting with staff, you know, really being able to empower them and work alongside them because that's all it was, was a servant, right? Mm-hmm. A servant leader. So my staff was incredible, amazing miracle workers. And when they would come to me with their amazing ideas, I'd say, okay, how can I support you with this? And that's how things were so, like you say, um, community-based, whole child-focused, student-centered, is because we all had values and, and we all understood what our mission and our vision was, was to have students succeed. One school, one goal, student success. And that was our motto. So I missed those moments and I didn't realize until I've left because people are still and students and staff still reach for that. So that's, that's really what, uh, what I think about. Ladies and gentlemen, Ramona Esparza, 
servant leader, developer of talent, developer of leaders, community person. And Sister Ramona, let me just tell you, I am absolutely thrilled that for just the second episode of the Learning and Justice for All podcast, thank you so much for taking the time after a long day of serving the people that you took a moment to come on and spend these moments with me. Thank you so much, Ramona. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Dr. Rollins. Appreciate you all for listening. All right, everyone. The Learning and Justice for All podcast. We're doing this just a couple of days from our inaugural Learning and Justice for All conference. We will see you there. Have a fantastic day or night whenever you're listening to this fantastic podcast with the amazing Ramona Esparza. Have a fantastic day. <laughs>